This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Now what I do? Do you, um, what do you, what, what is this, just uh, audio? Yeah, just audio. Just clip it. There we go. Here? Yep, perfect. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. Okay, it's sparking on sale and reception room after this year. And I just want to mention, because I'm coming here to Eric's room, Thank you so much for that very enthusiastic introduction. I want to thank Mrs. Herman, who has uh, arranged a number of different shiurim uh, for me today and throughout the trip, and th- for her enthusiastic support in promoting the shiurim. And I want to wish her and her whole family bracha v'atzlacha, good health, nachas, gezint, adbi askoel tzedek. I'm really honored and humbled to speak at this august Gathering. I've given shurim for ladies in New York, but I think this is by far the largest shear that I've ever participated in for women. Kal HaKavod and B'zchus Noshim Tzidkaniyos Asidon Ligoyal. V'yacharichin Yatsa Ochev. And afterwards his brother came out. V'yadoy Oichezes Ba'akev Esav. And his hand was holding on to the heel of Esau. Vayikro Shemoy Yaakov. And he called his name Yaakov. Obviously the name Yaakov comes from the fact that he's holding on to the heel of Esau. As if this is some momentous occasion in the life of Yaakov that really sums up and captures the essence of who Yaakov Avinu is. Who's Yaakov? He's Mr. Heel. Uh, what, a, what a complimentary name. He's a heel, an akev. 
Was that the most significant thing that Yaakov Avinu ever did? That now for all eternity we're calling him Yaakov because he held the hail of Esav? Why is this such an important event in Yaakov's life? Why don't we call him Lamed? He learned in the Yeshiva Shem Ve'ever. Last night we were in Svas, we were in the parking lot. We I mean, talk about Eretz Yisrael. And somebody comes running on the bus. By the way, look to the left. That's the Yeshiva Shem Ve'ever. You know, in America, they would say, look, in the, look on the left, that's uh, Burger King. And in Eretz Yisrael, you accidentally are parked next door to Yeshiva Shem Ve'ever. So why don't we call Yaakov Lamed? <clears throat> why don't we call him Kadosh? No, he's called Heel? Of all names, Heel? Doesn't a name, isn't a name supposed to capture the essence of who an individual is? It's supposed to... Chazal tell us that the Malachi Hashares could not understand the depth of wisdom of Adam Arishain, who was able to look at every single creature and say, that's a Shar, that's a Chamar. Adam Arishain was able to, in the depth of his wisdom, look at a creation and <coughs> capture the essence of it in one word. And the essence of Yaakov is heal. By the way, it's interesting, just as an aside... Why does Yaakov hold on to the heel of Esav? When I was a kid, if you want to pull something, you would pull them by the ear, you know? Why is he pulling him? Well, because Esav is not really that holy of a guy. He's compared to a pig. But the pig has one kosher symbol. He has split hooves. So Yaakov Inu would not dare touch anything about Esav except for the kosher simon of Esav, his split hooves, that's why he holds on to the heel. Actually, Yismach Moshe says just the opposite. Because Yaakov held on to the heel of Esav, that infused Kedusha into Esav's heel, so Esav at least has one kosher simon, he has the split hooves. But there's a deeper meaning over here. And this is just by way of introduction. So Yaakov is called Yaakov after the heel, so call him Akev. Where does the Yud come from? How did he get the Yud? You know, in the Torah, real estate is very expensive. Every letter is very significant. Where did the Yud come from? Conversely, let's take a look at the word Esav. Rashi says, why is he called Esav? Because he's Asoy, he's made. He looks like he's completed. He was all hairy. He looked like an adult. The Rashbam said he's called Esav milashain asoy ayin sin vav yud. Why does Esav have an extra yud? He should be. He, where, where did the yud of Esav go? He should be called asoy, not Esav. Says Megala Mukais. Originally, Esav's name was asoy ayin sin vav yud, and Yaakov's name was akev ayin kof vez. And Yaakov grabs the heel of Esav, the tail letter of Esav. He grabs the yud of Asui and he adjoins it to Akiv to make Yaakov. So what's the heel of Esav is now the head of Yaakov, namely the letter yud. Now what's the symbolism of the letter yud? What does the letter yud mean? Ki Hashem God created this world with a yud and a hey. Yud oilam haba, hey oilam hazeh. Yud oilam haba because not everybody makes it 
to the desired place in Eilam Haba. It's only the select few, the righteous and observant Jews. So the world to come is with a Yud. This world is a He. Because the letter He has an opening on the bottom, it's very easy to fall out, but there's an opening on the top, you could come back in through Tshuva. Esav does not value the Yud, the Eilam Haba. To Esav, Eilam Haba is the afterthought. To Esav, Eilam Haba is the last consideration. For Esav, Eilam Haba, the Yud is the last part of his name. For Yaakov Avinu, it's always the primary consideration. What Esav considers his heel, Yaakov considers his reish. What to Esav is the last letter of his name, to Yaakov Avinu is the first letter of his name. But we would like to explain on a deeper level what is so significant about the fact that Yaakov Avinu holds on to the heel of Esav to try to pull him down. What is the meaning of this? So actually, usually I come to Artisrael January time. And this year I came for Parshas Taldais because I have one brother that lives in Eretz Yisrael and he has one gingy, beautiful boy who became Bar Mitzvah this past Shabbos and I went to my nephew's Bar Mitzvah. And, you know, it's interesting, whenever a Bar Mitzvah boy would be brought to Reb Chaim Knievsky, so they would ask Reb Chaim, okay, I understand the Bar Mitzvah boy has to keep all 613 mitzvahs, but is there one mitzvah in particular that a bar mitzvah boy should be focused on, should work on, should put his strength into more than any other mitzvah? And Reb Chaim said, sure. Of all the mitzvahs in the Torah, tell the bar mitzvah boy to focus on kibbut avayim. So I said, why? Why kibbut avayim? Reb Chaim would say, it's a Yushami. The Yushami says... If you accept upon yourself one mitzvah to be proficient in, kegoin, for example, kibud avvaim. I'll tell you an amazing story. The Chazoynish was once invited to faher a cheder, to give a test to the boys in the class. So the Chazoynish starts asking the boys uh, questions. What's pshat in the Toysis? What does Rashi mean? And there's one kid in the back and he's raising his hand and the Rebbe tries to motion to the kid, you know, this is the Chazoynish. He asks you the questions. You don't ask him the question. But the boy would be, it was unstoppable. He's raising his hand. He's, he's jumping out of his seat. Chazoynish notices him. He says, look, I'll be happy to take your question after the shir. So when the shir is over, the boy asks the Chazoynish, probably the most difficult question Chazoynish ever had to answer. The boy asked the Chazoynish, how did you become the Chazoynish? <laughs> what suchus do you have that you became the Chazoynish? And this is probably the longest the Chazonish ever had to think about a question. And the Chazonish answered, because he was Mechabed Avavimai, Kibar Avain. Not his Hasmada, not his Ion, not his Amelos. He was Mechabed, his father and mother. So what's so significant, what's so special about the mitzvah of Kibbut Ava'im that Reb Chaim would tell a bar mitzvah boy, focus on Kibbut Ava'im. Chazoynish attributed his greatness to the mitzvah of Kibbut Ava'im. 
Rabbi Aaron Leib Steinman observed a very unusual phenomenon in our times. Rabbi Aaron Leib Steinman observed, let's say my parents' generation, my parents grew up post-Holocaust. My grandparents were Holocaust survivors. My, uh, my parents, my father did not have grandparents. He didn't know his grandparents. They didn't survive the war. But I grew up with grandparents. I grew up with great-grandparents. There's a very interesting phenomenon that we experience today that really in the history of the Jewish people we, we never enjoyed. And that is while in past generations sometimes it was a rarity for someone to have grandparents who were alive, in our generation sometimes you have grandparents who they themselves are caring for elderly parents. Why does Hashkocha, I mean, it reminds me of the story, you know, here I'm in Israel, you know the, you know the story of the guy who went into, uh, you know, in the, the Yemenites in the early days of the state of Israel, they had these tales of very, very old ages that they claimed that they would live to. Some said they were 130, 140, 170 years old. So the guy goes into, this Yemenite goes into buy a life insurance policy. And uh, the lady says, Sir, how can I help you? Are you sure you're in the right place? Yeah, I came to buy a policy. He says, Sir, how old are you? 93. He said, Sir, there's a hundred and svansig, but we can't sell you a life insurance policy. He said, What? My father came in on last Tuesday and you sold him a policy. He said, What? Your father? How old is your father? My father was 123. What? We sold no policy? He said, check the records. Sure enough, they checked the records. And last Tuesday, they sold the father policy. He was 100. So he said, sir, if we sold your father policy, we'll sell you a policy. Come in uh, next Monday. He said, next Monday? I can't come in next Monday. Why can't you come in? I have a chasana to go to. Who's chasana? My grandfather. He <laughs> said, so your grandfather is getting married? How, how old is your grandfather? Grandpa's 157. <laughs> See, 150's getting married? No, it's not him. His parents are forcing him into it. <clears throat> so we live in a generation where we have often extra opportunities in the mitzvah of Kibbut Ava'im. And Rabbi Aaron Leib Steinman said that this is designated, we're going to talk about the converse. Sometimes people don't have such opportunities. And the advantage, perhaps, the other way around. But Rabbi Aaron Leib Steinman said, because we live in the generation right before the coming of Mashiach. And in order for Mashiach to come, we need to give that knockout punch to Esav. When Yaakov Avinu encounters Esav in the coming weeks, Vayira Yaakov Ma'od Vayed Serlai. Yaakov was very frightened when he was going to encounter Esav. What was Yaakov so scared of? Esav is a Russia. He's a murderer. He's an adulterer. He's wicked. What is Yaakov scared of encountering Esav? Chazal tell us that as wicked as Esav was, there's one mitzvah that Esav is the paragon of, that there's nobody in history who is as great as Esav in this mitzvah, and that is Esav excelled in the mitzvah of? Kibbut Aveim. In fact, Rabbi Shimon Gamliel said that I don't hold a candle to Esav in Kibbut Aveim. Because Esav, when he honored his father, 
he would put on special begadim to honor his father. He would take off his regular street clothing. He would put on honorable clothing to honor his father. And Roshim Gamliel would say, I am not on that madrega. I'm not able to do that. So I don't come close to Esav in the midst of Kibar Aveim. So as wicked as Esav was, we know Chazal tell us that if somebody performs a mitzvah perfectly, that is almost, that's something that you can't overcome. And Esav reached perfection in Kibar Aveim. And therefore, says Rabbi Aaron Steinman, in the last generation, before Mashiach comes, in order to give that final knockout blow to Esav, we need to combat Esav measure to measure. The Rebbe Shalom gives us extra opportunities to be in the midst of Kibbut Aveim. But still, why is Kibbut Aveim such an important mitzvah that that's the... Nikuda. That is the main point of contention between Yaakov and Esav. That the way we're going to uh, um, overcome him is through Kibra Aim. Why is this the central mitzvah? Do you remember this past Shabbos when Yaakov Avinu masquerades as Esav and he comes in and Yitzchak he says, "What's going on here?" Vayoymer, re'ei re'ach b'ni kireach sadeh, asher berchay Hashem. Wow, what a beautiful aroma, what a fragrant aroma. It smells so del- delicious. Says Rashi, what do you mean? It's goat skin. There's nothing more disgusting than goat skin. Vahaloi ein re'ach ra, yoyser mishetef ho'izim. Who remembers what Rashi says? Melamed shenichnesa imai? Reach Ganeden. Is this working? The scent of the Garden of Eden accompanied Yaakov Avinu. Why did the scent of Ganeden accompany Yaakov Avinu? Do we find anywhere else in the Chumash that somebody smelled like Ganeden? Do we find any other good deed that scented like Ganeden? Why did Ganeden accompany Yaakov Avinu? What's the meaning of this? Who is the adversary of Esav? Who destroys Esav? Who is the counterforce to Esav? If you take a look on your sheets, if you look at number three, When Rachel gave birth to Yosef, so Yosef says, Okay, Shver, it's been really nice knowing you. We, I, I've had a blast in your house. I had Ruvain, Shimon, Levi, Yehuda. It's been real. I'm out of here. When did Yaakov leave the Shver and the Shviger? When Yosef was born. I mean, that's a very long stay by the in-laws. <laughs> I mean, most people give it a kid or two. But Ruvain, Shimon, Levi, Yehuda... How did Yaakov, what was he waiting for? Says Rashi, because he needed to face Esav. And who's Sitnoi Shal Esav? Who's the adversary of Esav? Who destroys Esav? We know Yaakov is like fire, and Yosef is the flame, and Esav is straw. So not until Yosef is born could Yaakov go and return to Esav and encounter Esav. 
So Esav is the force of evil, and Yosef somehow destroys Esav. In fact, do you remember when Yaakov Avinu gets the good report that Yosef is still alive? He says a very unusual phrase. He says, Vayoymer Yisrael, Rav, Oid, Yosef, Beni, Chai. In number seven. Rav Oid, and Rashi's bothered this superfluous expression. Rav Oid. Why Rav and Oid? Either say Rav Yosef Benichai or Oid Yosef Benichai. What's Rav Oid? Says the Chumas Hadeshen. There's only one person in the whole Chumash who's called Rav. The only Rav in the Chumash is Esav. Where is he called Rav? The Rav. Yavoid Sa'ir, the older brother, will serve the younger brother. In fact, Rav Moshe David Vali, who is a Rebbe and then a student of Ramchal, he says, the Rav Yavoid Sa'ir is the allusion in the Chumash to Christianity. The Rav, the older brother, Yavoid, will worship Sa'ir, a Jew. That's the prophecy of the religion of Christianity. The Rav, the older brother, will worship Yahweh, a lesson of worship, Sa'ir, a Yid. Esav is called Rav. Vayoymer Yisrael, Yaakov announces. Until then he was very scared. Because without Yosef, he thought Yosef had died. If Yosef died, who's going to overcome Esav? But now he sends word, Rav, Esav, watch out, Oid, Yosef, Beni, Chai, Yosef's still around, you're in big trouble. Now let's just pause for a moment, who's the mother of Yosef? Who is Zoycheh to have Yosef? Rachel. Why do you think Rachel was Zoycheh to have the one who will destroy Esav? Very simple. Do you remember? Rachel was beautiful. Leah's eyes were very tender. Why, was, why were Leah's eyes tender? She was always crying. Because in seminary, she went to the same seminary as Rachel. And over Rachel's bed, the seminary friends put a big picture of this big tzaddik, Yaakov, who her future chassan was. And over Leah's bed, they put a picture of this red chayara. And they said, this is what you have to look forward to. So she would cry herself to sleep every night until that fateful night where she ended up marrying Yaakov. What happened to Rachel? Rachel can't have a kid. So Rashi says that when Rachel was in Akara, everybody thought Yaakov would dismiss her and she would have to marry Esav. So look what Rachel did. She gave up Yaakov to Leah and she put herself in a situation where she might have to marry Esav. So Mida Kinegan Mida Kadesh Baruch rewarded her. Not only will you not have to marry Esav, you will be Zaycha to have Sitna Yishal Esav, the one who will destroy Esav. You know that the Vilna Gaon writes that we have two Mashiachs. We have Mashiach ben David and Mashiach ben Yosef. Mashiach ben David is called Chamar because he will take us out of Golos Yishmael who is compared to a chamar, Ani v'roichiv al-chamar. Mashiach ben Yosef is compared to a 
par bechar ashar bechar shayroi hadarloi. He's going to take us out of galus edaim, who's also compared to ashar, because Yosef overcomes Esav. But friends, if Yosef's going to overcome Esav, Yosef's going to have to match up to Esav measure for measure. So the first question we have to ask ourselves is, if Esav specializes in Kibbut Avaim, does Yosef specialize in Kibbut Avaim? And the second question, and this really troubled me, is if the two great forces in the world are Esav and Yosef, if those two men ever got into the boxing ring and the two titans were at each other, that must be the confrontation of the universe. Did Yosef ever meet Esav? Anyone remember? Did Yosef ever meet Esav? Yeah, one seemingly innocuous meeting. In Parshas Vayishlach, Yaakov Avinu is coming back with his whole family. And if you look at number one, Vati Gash Gamaleya, after, after Bilha and her children, and after Zilpa and her children, and then Leah and her children, Vati Gash Gamaleya, Viladeh Vayishtachavu, Viachar Nigash Yosef Rachel. And Rashi's bothered, why Yosef and then Rachel? By all the other Imahais, it was the mother and then their children. Why by Yosef was it him? And then, and then the mother, so Rashi says that Yosef didn't want Esav to look at Rachel. Okay, that's the whole thing. That's the Gansa Gesheft. That's the big encounter between Yosef and Esav, where Yosef said, Esav, I don't want you looking at mom. That's the whole thing. I mean, we just set it up that the battle of history is between Yosef and Esav. And they only meet one time, and they don't even talk to each other. Yosef just sort of stands on his tippy toes and uh, blocks Esav. That's the big confrontation. I would expect Yosef to unleash his sword, and they, you know, they, they battle it out, and... Maybe Yosef should be the one who knocks off Esav's head and it goes rolling to Maras Hanach Pela if you want to join us Tuesday to see Uncle Esav. We still have spot on the bus. Another question we have to deal with is why is it so important for Yaakov Avinu to get the brachas from Yitzchak? Why is that so essential? So friends, fasten your seatbelt. These parashiyos are literally the central battle throughout history between Yaakov, Yosef, and against Esav. Esav would honor his father with special begadim. So now let me tell you an interpretation of a Pasuk. You may never have heard it this way, but this is also a legitimate interpretation. The Yisrael Ahaves Yosef Mikol Echav Ki ben zikunim hulai. Ve'asa loy kisoynes pasim. Not that Yaakov made Yosef kisoynes pasim. Yosef made himself special begadim. Because he knew he needed to destroy Esav. And if you're going to destroy Esav, you have to stand up measure for measure to Esav. So he needed to make himself a special suit to honor his father to be able to destroy Esav. Says the Shevet Musar, Rebel Yoha Koyen of Izmir.
The only thing is, you know, Esav really specialized in Kibarav. Does anybody know why Esav sold the Bechaira to Yaakov? He said, Hine Anoichi Hoylech Lamos. I'm going to die. What do I need the Bechaira for? Why did Esav think he's going to die? Says the Sefer Chasidim, you know why Esav thought he would die? Because Esav risked his life daily for his father to go hunting to Mekayim Kibar Avaim B'Mesiras Nefesh. He went into the forest, into the jungles, and he endangered his life, not because he loved hunting, because he excelled in Kibar Avaim B'Mesiras Nefesh. So Esav said, I'm going to die anyway through Kibar Avaim. What do I need the Bechaira for? When, Yaakov, when Yitzchak says to Esav, do me a favor, can you get me some meat today? I'm going to die? What word does Esav use? Hineini. I'm ready. Where, where have we seen that word before? Akedas Yitzchak! Esav was about to perform an act that would have destroyed the Akedah. He would be Meiser Nefesh to serve his father. There's a sefer somebody brought my, to my attention. It's called Nefesh David, or Rab David Tevel, a student of the Vilna Gaon, student of Rab Chaim Belajner, so a student of a student of the Gaon. He says, "What was the great zechus of the that Avraham was willing to shecht Yitzchak? Nah, that's not a big deal at all." God came to him. He said, Shalom Aleichem, Avraham, you know me, remember me from Lech Lecha, so I just want you to go and shech your son. So what's Avraham supposed to do? No? God told him. There's no choice. The Zuchus of the Akedah is not the Zuchus of Avraham. It says Nefesh Dov, the Zuchus of the Akedah was the keyboard of aim of Yitzchak Avinu that when the Tata said, could you come with me? I need to shech you. Yitzchak didn't say, really? God told you? Could you? Do you have that on tape? you have a video of that? We're, we're, you have a recording? Yitzchak said, if the Tata says, then I'm going. When Yitzchak says, I don't see a sheep, and Yaakov said, well, if it's not the sheep, then God wants me to shecht you. Yitzchak says, look over there, a distraction, and he should have ran away. The zechus of the Akedah is the keyboard of, of Yitzchak Avinu. So how is Yosef going to match that? Yosef's brothers hated him. One day Yaakov comes to Yosef and he says, Go check on your loving, caring brachos in that dangerous neighborhood on your own without any security. You want to go do me a favor? And what word does Yosef say? Hineni. I'm going to one-up Esav. Yitzchak had his Akeda. Esav had his Akeda. Yosef had his Akeda. Yosef put on his special begadim, his Ksenis Pasim. What was Yosef wearing when he went to check on the welfare of his brothers? He was wearing the Ksenis Pasim, measure for measure. The central battle throughout history seems to be the mitzvah of Kibar Ava'im. On the other hand, we find 
an exact opposite situation. We have Esther Hamalka, who's selected to be the Redeemer of the Jewish people. And the Pasuk says, Esther, ki ein la of vaim. She has no father, she has no mother. And the Medrash says, Chayecha, God swears, Shehagoyal, Shani that the Redeemer I'm going to set up for you, must be someone who has no father and no mother. Why? Listen to this, Rabbi Anis and Because since the Zuchus of Esav is Kibar Avaim, there's no way really to stand up to that. There's only one way to match Esav and Kibar Avaim. You ready for this? There's a great principle. If someone can't do a mitzvah and wishes they could do the mitzvah, but circumstances prevent them from fulfilling the mitzvah, there's a great principle called chishev lasois mitzvah, v'nenas male olav kilasav. Somebody thinks to do a mitzvah and extenuating circumstances prevent them, Hashem considers it as if they did the mitzvah. Now, when Hashem will grant you the mitzvah you wished you could perform, what kind of mitzvah do you think Hashem is going to give you? A shvach mitzvah? A low-class mitzvah? A low-grade mitzvah? God's going to give you a mitzvah that He considers the most perfect mitzvah. So the only one who could stand up to a Haman who's bolstered by the kibbutz of Eim of Esav is someone who has even greater kibbutz of Eim. And that's someone who never saw their father, never saw their mother, wished, yearned, pined to have the opportunity to be Mikhaim that mitzvah, and then God reckons it as if they fulfilled the mitzvah, and that divine gift of a mitzvah is the only thing that could overcome the great kibbutz of Eim of Esav. So actually it comes out that whatever circumstance a person is in life, it's a very great opportunity. If someone is blessed to have parents, to have grandparents, and they could actually fulfill the mitzvah in our times, you should know it's a zechus that you have to get us to the finish line. And if you don't have the opportunity, and you're limited by circumstance, and you wish you could be Mekayim the mitzvah, in a way that's even greater than being Mekayim the mitzvah, that's going to get us to the finish line. Sometimes it's the Esther who can't do it. Sometimes it's the Yosef that could do it. And each type of kibarav has its own special mala, and it's a separate shear unto itself that we'll be having at one o'clock when this one is over. No, just joking. <laughs> so Yosef goes up against Esav. How will Yosef overcome Esav? As great as Esav was in kibarav. There are a few little things that you could find fault in Esav's Kibbutz Number one, Esav only honors his parents when they're alive. When Yitzchak is dead, Esav throws Kibbutz out the window. In fact, Esav is saying, Yikruvu aviv I'm waiting till, for dad to die so I could kill uh, Yaakov. But Yosef, after Yaakov died, he was so kind to the brothers because he was mechabdoi bechayav, bechabdoi b'mesa. But there's one major area of fault in the kibbutz of Esav. 
And that is as much as Esau honored his father, but he didn't honor his mother. Actually, Esau hated Rivka. When Rivka died, Esau didn't go to the Levaya, the Ramban says. Ramban writes, why doesn't the Torah tell us about the death of Rivka? Not to embarrass her, because why didn't Esau go? Esau's wives were disgusting to Rivka. So Esau was great in Kibarav, but he was lousy in Kibarav. And therefore, in the one encounter between Yosef and Esau, you want to see what kind of knockout punch Yosef delivers to Esau. Yosef doesn't have to say one word to Esau. In the one encounter in the Torah that we find between Yosef and Esau, Yosef, without saying a word, stands on his tippy toes and say, You scum of the earth. You might be great in Kibarav. But look at the care and concern I have for my mother. I don't even want you to lay your dirty eyes on her. And in that one moment, Esav is destroyed by the fire of Yosef. Nothing about what Yosef said, but how Yosef demonstrated that it's the concern that he had for his mother that will destroy Esav. Where did Yosef learn this from? You ready for a tesis? I bet you never heard this. Why was Yaakov holding on to the heel of Esav? Says tesis, Yaakov was such a chassid, he was so righteous, that he said, my mother is about to have twins. She's going to have to open up her womb twice. It's going to cause extra tsar. Let me hang on to Esav's heel so that mom only has to open up once once to protect my mother from any excessive tsar. What's the name of Yaakov? What's the essence of Yaakov? What's the definition of Yaakov? Kibud of Va'im. That's not only a great act in the life of Yaakov, that is the act that defines Yaakov and the Jewish people, that becomes the very essence of who Kla Yisrael was. And therefore, when Yosef was born, what is Yosef's name? Asaf Eloikim Escherpasi. I will cover over the shame of my mother. That's the name of Yaakov. That's the essence of Yosef Hatzadik. These are not just random names. They define their entire essence. Says Rabbi Shimon Schwab, an incredible idea. All the mitzvahs in the Torah are very beloved. They're all very important. We observe all of them. But in a certain sense, there's one mitzvah that is the most powerful of all the mitzvahs. You see, there was a man by the name of Adam Arishan. And God put him in the Garden of Eden. And God said, eat all the fruits. Pears, plums, apples, tangerines. Don't eat the Eitz Adam ate from the Eitz Hadas. He downgraded the whole world. He destroyed the whole world. All the, the whole universe and all of creation was downgraded. Not only was creation downgraded, man's life cycle was shortened. Now everybody has to worry about Tsar Leida, Tsar Gidobanim, Tsar Parnasa, Misa. Says of Shimon Schwab, even the, even the Torah was downgraded. Even the mitzvahs were downgraded. 
Even the Torah, so to speak, is not in the same pristine form it was before the Chet. There's only one mitzvah that retains its primordial state of before the sin of Adam Arishain. And that's the mitzvah of Kibbut Ava'im. Because Adam Harishan Gan Eden didn't have a father and didn't have a mother and therefore he was not able to sully the mitzvah of Kibbut Ava'im. And therefore if there's one mitzvah that will take us back to Gan Eden Mikadem, it's the mitzvah of Kibbut Ava'im. And if someone fulfills that mitzvah b'miluoi, you know what it's going to smell like? Gan Eden. And while Esav was special in Kibarav, Rivka knew to overcome Esav. Come here, my young man, my young son. Ushema bekoili. You're going to overcome Esav by listening to my voice. Now, you ready for this lamdus? Yaakov was trying to uproot the zechus of Esav. Whoever gets the bracha is considered Zera Yitzchak. Whoever doesn't get the bracha loses the status of Zerah Yitzchak. By Yaakov stealing the bracha, Esav is no longer the Zerah Yitzchak. And all the honor he brought to Yitzchak is now not even keeping up. Because Yitzchak's not his father anymore. That was the Chachma of Yaakov Avinu. If someone takes a neder, I'm not going to get Hana from Zerah Yitzchak. Only the descendants of Yaakov you can't get benefit from. You could get from Esav. Because once Esav has been rejected, all of his service of his father is a nice, kind act of chesed, and is no longer even kibod av. And therefore, Friday night, we know as Shabbos approaches, we're mitzapeh for the geula. Because what Shabbos is for the days of the week, Mashiach is for the history of the world. That's why in Kabbalah Shabbos we are yearning for Mashiach. We're asking Hashem to rebuild Yushalayim. Because what Shabbos is for the week, Yushalayim is for in place. And therefore the minog of the Arizal, to be Makari of the Geula, the Arizal always was Menashek, Yedei, Imai, Friday night. Because that is what is Makari of the Geula. Because Esav comes with the strength of Kibbut Av, and Yosef comes with the strength of Kibbut Aim as well. And what, everything I'm telling you is black and white in two psukim in the end of last week's parsha. Vayishma Yaakov El Aviv Ve'el Imai. The next pasuk is Vayishma Yitzchak Kirois Benois Kenan. Be'ene Yitzchak Aviv. Those two psukim, there you have it. That's the difference between Yaakov and Esav. And as is Hashem, Hashem should give us opportunities, gezunta hate, and we should be zoicha to deliver the final knockout punch in the coming Gula Shleim of Yaskal Tzedek. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.